Good morning. Welcome back to the Tactical Strength and Conditioning Podcast. I'm your host. I am Chris. Uh, and I got an interesting topic for you today. Uh, but before we get started, uh, I want you to head over to my main site over on Anchor and, you know, show your support by giving like a monthly donation. Uh, these donations will help support the podcast, do future episodes, bring out guests uh, that have a lot of knowledge uh, in the field of, of some of the things that we're studying. And also, it's going to actually help bring up a web page uh, for a lot of people that you can go to to get weekly workouts, rookie nutritional advice, among uh, various other things. Uh, I also understand that, you know, the way things are in today's the world today, not everybody will have the funds to to support, and and I understand that. So one of the other ways you can support is by subscribing uh, to the podcast and sharing it with your family and friends, um, and showing your support uh, that way. Um, and this podcast is brought by to you by Recon One, uh, who got a really good um, array of supplements. Uh, in fact, I've been actually using their, their newest one, the collagen uh, peptides this week uh, for muscle and bone support and, you know, ligament support. It's actually really good. I've actually noticed the difference uh, in overall, uh, you know, strength and, and, and things in that such nature. Okay, so today we're going to talk about core strength and the functionality with, you know, loaded carrying okay now this isn't going to be a podcast on how to get a six pack or you know all that other stuff okay it's going to be talking about how to get a stronger core and some of the stuff that we need to to do to help develop it okay so you know the the role of core strength development in in sports or even in everyday you know life you know functional core strength um training continues to be you know an ambiguous topic you know especially in the field of sports performance and also in the rehabilitation okay so on the on the opposite sides of the the core training spectrum i guess you could call it um you have both acute activation based corrective exercises you know such as what your you know your dead bugs and other things called stirring the pot for those of you that, that might know what those are, you know, as well as, you know, you have your compound emphasized movements uh, that are based on strength training, you know, have been used to enhance performance and prevent injuries in tactical and athletic populations. Okay. So while research evidence of core specific training, um, uh, to achieve these types of goals is very, very unclear. You know, core training remains, you know, a staple in pretty much any resistance uh, training program, um, you know, and you need to provide a complete and well-rounded uh, training program for these types of things. Okay, so, you know, with a lot of trainers, uh, they seek the uh, the perfect single modality to to build uh you know a resilient core okay and many are left with uncertainty regarding uh the 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 proper programming and prescription of core based exercises to enhance performance in their their clients okay and to reduce the the 
the, uh, the chance of preventable injuries. Okay, so these exercises can range from, from mat-based or ball-based workout um, to whole body exercises, you know, such as deadlifts or farmer's carries, things of that such nature, okay? So for today's podcast, you know, we're going to specifically focus on the use of loaded carry, carries as a, a, a means to strengthen and to assess the core because uh, a lot of this, this isn't for trainers. It's also for you guys out there that are working out uh, to get this information so you can kind of do your own self-assessments and, and, and figure out what's, what's going on. Uh, one of the things in the industry is you get a lot of people out there that really don't know what they're doing with and, but they're certified and it's nothing against them because, uh, it's just that, you know, lack of experience or, or what have you or not lack of knowledge. Um, and they really don't know a lot of this stuff because a lot of people don't know where to get it because there's so much information out there flooding the, uh, the, uh, the internet and, and all these other, uh, things. So, you know, uh, that's one of the reasons why I created this podcast is to, to do a, like a lot of the research on a lot of these exercises, programming, uh, nutrition, and, and get it out there so you guys can listen to it, make your own, you know, judgments and, and look for your own, um, your own opinions on things. Okay. So, you know, so the question remains that, uh, what training approaches are efficient and effective to develop, um, the functionality of the core? Okay. Well, the, the answer lies within, you know, a systematic and intelligent, uh, and multi method approach to training the core, you know, including, elastic set of training tools to individualize specific needs of the person that you're there. Okay. That's why I like a lot of these, these programs who actually got to really do a deep dive and kind of figure out, you know, what their clients and what people can do. Okay. So I'm going to go over some of the, the highest yielding methods uh, for developing core strength and functionality you know, with, uh, and I'm also going to, you know, give, you know, a variety of, of Kate's specific training focus. Um, and some of these things are going to include post injury, um, you know, uh, strength development and hypertrophy along with, uh, relative, you know, strength metrics, uh, to help you assess not only yourself, but your clients. Okay. So, Proper implementation of the direct core training into a program, okay? The, the, the isolative base core exercises are those that serve to directly train the core muscle through isolated trunk movements, okay? You know, like side bridges or curl-ups, uh, those, those uh, exercises of those such natures, okay? Or, you know, they also do... Uh, you know, they train it through maintenance of the trunk uh, position with progressively challenging limb movements, okay? And then that's like, that's where your planks and your dead bugs and, and those things come into to play. Okay, so the isolative exercises play uh, a pivotal role in, you know, the, uh, the holistic 
uh, strength training programs. Um, but, you know, where a lot of coaches and trainers miss the mark is where, when, and why to prescribe certain types of classifications of direct core emphasized exercises, okay? So in terms of, of whole body movements that are common in, you know, in athletic or rehabilitating uh, settings, uh, the function of the spinal column is inclusive of the regional attaching, attaching con, con, contraction and non-contraction uh, soft tissue structures, okay, is to create the uh, transfer force uh, approximately to produce these dynamic-based uh, movements, okay? So, you know, a lot of attention to any deficiencies in, you know, your client or even yourself's ability to produce this force or to maintain, maintain control of the spine throughout the whole body movements is, is one of the things that needs to be addressed with these abilities, okay? So the uh, corrective activation drills are prescribed with the goal of improving your motor c- control skill and enhancing the function of that component of that kinetic chain, okay? So for example, you take an athlete uh, who has a, a deficient ability to control trunk movements during hip hinges or glute bridge or where the hell you want to call them, okay? So uh, the, the hip hinge activities might uh, perform, you know, four-point rock backs with the core contracting during the movements in the preparation phase of the warm-up, okay? So this can be thought of as strengthening the weakest link uh, to theoretically improve the overall global function of the, of, of the core, you know, because that's one of the, the terms they classify, the global function, okay? So while these methods can be implemented in a host of, of different training scenarios based on the in, individual's presentation, okay, they are best utilized in the pre-training preparatory sequence is what they are called is what they call it you know along with the secondary regeneration and the recovery focused sessions you know so that's you know how you're going to break them up okay so using the the functional um transversance of the activation and stabilization at the core uh, these methods when they're prescribed strategically okay they can improve movement capacity and alleviate the local low level pain that that they might that they may enhance you know the result of the training session uh, you know itself okay so um as isolated core training is commonly prescribed with the goal of relearning uh, motor patterns and sequence okay so executing these drills in a non-threatening block-based practice, as you will, environment can also be highly useful, okay? So improving the synergistic function of the pillar complex consisting of the hips, uh, shoulders, and core can be achieved, you know, by using a host of, of, of methods, okay? So 
and a lot of these are, are, are included but are not limited to, you know, anti-core based movements that challenge the st- stability through rotation, side bending, flexion, extension, and combining oblique force planes, you know, such as the different variations of planks, okay? You know, uh, so, you know, these examples are where secondary recovery workouts, uh, which take place, you know, directly after the training sessions later on in the day. So you break them up, okay? You know, or as a standalone workout on an off day. So you don't have time, you're like one of those people, you know, you have a limited time to work out. Well, then these are some of the things that you should be doing on your off day and just focus on, on getting that stuff back. If you can't break it up through your training. Okay, so, you know, you can implement these along with pre-training and the preparatory sequence, preparing your, your, yourself for the workout. Okay, so, you know, the rehabilitation and bridge program, uh, the, the prevalence of the lower back and shoulder pain and dysfunction among the active population is a major concern in the, the, the health and performance Okay, so by placing an emphasis on creating functional stability through the shoulders and hips and core working in synergy in the rehabilitation and returning to, you know, uh, you know, these play populations, you know, uh, we as trainers and coaches can can start to reteach and reload and refine altering movement strategies uh, that may have. Uh, predispose these people to their injuries in the first place okay so while direct isolation um, activating methods play a role in the care of injured population in order to adequately challenge your you know your core stability you know the the trainer or coach or whatever you want to call it or even yourself you know you can create high levels uh, of the neurological demand. Okay, so often this this means attempting to enhance you know, your core control in standing positions through common movements such as walking. So you brace your your core like someone's coming up and it's going to hit you in the stomach. So you brace that while you're walking and try and create that stability. Okay, this is where the the inclusion of loaded carries can be a you know a viable option. Okay, so loaded carries can be implemented in a host of unique variations you know this this these types of classifications of movements you know they stem from you know the traditional farmers carry where loading implements are held to either one side of the athlete body or both sides of the athlete's body or a person being trained and controlled um while walking okay uh depending on the injury history and movement capacity, you know, the functionality of the person and the weak links, you know, you as trainers and you as a person should use variation that fit your training goals, okay? You should pick the exercises that are fitting your goals and it's gonna be the, the, the right thing for you, okay? So loading during each phase of walking, including, you know, the, the stance and the swinging phases, in the both both legs, you know, it provides a suitable opportunity to uh, create torque and tension throughout the entire body while moving. Okay, so 
also, in addition, the, the added load acts as a destabilizing core force, causing the, the, the need to maintain walking postures throughout the car the carry. So you're you're constant reminded of, of, of that while you know having the uh, the load carry uh, during the farmer's carry. Okay, so while the intention for any loaded movement pattern, including you know a loaded carry is to strategically load to the person's maximum mobility while executing with, with proper technique and tempo, uh, the, the rehabilitative prescription of the low carries is typically performed with uh, submaximal loading uh, for more uh, effective execution, you know, at least in the initial phases. And then once you progress, then you can, you know, you have to play it by ear and you know you know your body listen to your body with with everything okay so this is an area with uh, with very little uh current evidence but f- from a lot of people's experience that i have talked to this is you know shown to be pretty successful okay but like i said you know you make your own opinion and, and everything okay so the quality uh of the positions of the shoulder the hip and the spine complex uh, need to take uh, greater priority uh, of the carrier, the carrying in terms of the time and the distance and the loading, okay? Utilizing these carries in the rehabilitation, uh, you know, and your return to your active lifestyle, it provides a, a very favorable risk to reward uh, ratio. But, you know, you know, take this all how it is, you know, progression and challenge, um, this pattern must be prescribed and monitored with care to reduce the re-injury risks, you know, so, so be careful when you're doing these things. During these reactivations, uh, phases of rehabilitation, you know, where, you know, a lot of you are starting to return to your your normal everyday activities, you know, loaded carries can implement, you know, two to three, you can implement them two to three times per week using different uh, variations on each training bout. So you kind of mix it up and see where you go. Okay, so while specific uh, variations uh, should be used uh, basically on a uh, case-by-case basis, so you gotta, like I said, you always gotta constantly be evaluating yourself, uh, you know, such as utilizing a a unilateral overhead kettlebell carry, you know, when uh, re-educating the overhead position, you know, with primary shoulder pain. So you got to pay attention to that. Okay. So, you know, you're challenging the the cardinal plane of motion stability, uh, and that should be the primary focus, okay, especially when you're having a shoulder injury. Okay. So, you know, a good starting point for, for people is to implement the traditional farmer's carry, uh, which incorporates uh, equal bilateral loading, okay? So from here, challenging unilateral loading, you know, on the frontal plane of motion is, is very sensible, okay? So, and then you can mix it and match variants of the loading implements and positions on both sides of the body and try different combinations of each, you know, to, to kind of personalize uh, these these carries um, for your area of, of uh, uh, rehabilitation. Okay, so, you know, the implica- 
implications for for, for carries uh, for for strength development. You know, you know the development of transferable strengths needs to be centered on a, the the multi joint movement patterns. You know, the pressing, pulling, squatting, hip hinging, lunging, and carrying. Okay, they're you know, they're all strategically loaded. Okay, so while you know these are primarily associated with sports performance industry, uh, and they have a solid grasp of the importance of training the squat, presses, deadlift patterns under appropriate loading. You know the the foundational movement patterns of carrying often gets neglected you know and that's a lot of stuff even in the general gym population that i see and i don't see a lot of people doing stuff like that so in addition to the performance of the big list the implication of challenging load carries into a you know um, a traditional strength program or even you know um, hypertrophy type programs you know it offers uh, similar benefits as the other big functional movements, squat, presses, and deadlifts, you know, you know, such as uh, some of the, the, the benefits that they, they talk about or are synergistic neuromuscular coordination, mechanical strength and power enhancement, and uh, motor control refinement. Okay, so these carries uh, place into either the beginning or the end of the workout routine you know, they, they provide several benefits, okay? So, you know, when used at the beginning of the training session as a, as a well, uh, not, not really a primer, but it's more like a muscular primer between the dynamic warm-up and, you know, the big compound strength movements that you're going to do throughout the day. You know, the carry can recruit high-threshold motor units throughout the kinetic chain, and it can tap into the, the post-activation potentiation that we talk about, you know, effect when loading appropriately and, you know, further the warm-up, the body, for the heavy load performances in, you know, this case. You know, care is, you know, usually needed to minimize the effects of fatigue during this, uh, during, especially during rehabilitation, you know, through mo- monitoring uh, the volume and the intensity as, as as a rule of thumb okay so it's a divide to limit you know your your farmers carries to about two to four rounds uh and about 10 to 20 seconds with the load um that should be challenging enough for you especially if you're rehabilitating yourself you know um but can be you know executed with high control and stability to avoid pre-fatiguing you know your your neurological systems uh, that you're you're going to um get into with your workout so again with you know limited evidence you know it's only been tested anecdotally on on athletes and it has worked you know really really uh well okay so uh one of the things you know carries uh for the the hypertrophy uh training volume uh is one of the things I want to talk about. Um, you know, rehabilitation is 50% of your body weight. You carry it for about 30 seconds. You know, general fitness, 100% of your body weight for 30 seconds. And then elite sports performance, 200% of your body weight, you know, you carry it for 30 seconds. So when you're dealing with hypertrophy, you can look at it that. Okay, so, you know, a lot of natural uh, movement patterns uh, during a loaded carry uh, walking you know, as compared to the running or other major compound lifts have extremely 
uh, extremely, extremely low uh, amplitude of relative movement and a lack of uh, eccentric component. You know, the eccentric is the, the lowering of the weight, you know, of the movement itself. Okay, so centralized fatigue, which is often sets in during dynamic bouts of movement through extended ranges of motion, can largely be avoided with loaded carries, okay, in a similar manner as the con- concentric dominant uh, sled push or pull, you know, so that's one of the things that you can you can uh, you can do for for that type of situation okay so this creates an opportunity to use loaded carry as a free training volume with very little risk of over fatiguing you know mechanical or neurological involved tissues and systems okay this increase you know uh, free volume and also provides you know the local tissues of the shoulder core and hip complex to be more tensile training in an isometric position that's not only going to strengthen stability in the relative range of motion, but also increase localized metabolic stress through the tissues that are, you know, favorable for the hypertrophy response, okay? So, um, you know, basically the what I wanted to accomplish with this podcast is while while evaluation and testing and rehabilitating in general fitness and in sports performance or tactical community, you know, it provides many ways to quantify a, a progression of strength, functionality, and injury risk. Okay, the 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 loaded carry offers a safe and effective way to derive data that is instantly useful from a host of different outlooks on training progression. Okay, so the the addition of loaded carries to a program, as well as the use of testing as a functional and resilient core type strength training, you know, can be a powerful addition. And, and, you know, you might want to check it out and and do um, a lot of um, things with that. It's so don't neglect, you know, your farmer's carries out there. Okay, so that's pretty much going to be it for the uh, podcast today. I appreciate you guys uh, tuning in, uh, and I hope it was informative. Um, you guys have any questions, you know, just, you know, shoot me a message on here on Spotify or on Anchor. Um, and also, you can check out my uh, Instagram page. Uh, that's Lewis, L-E-W-I-S underscore C-A over there on Instagram. Uh, there you'll get, like, a lot of uh stuff on exercise execution, you know, um, workout programs that you can deal with. And I'm actually starting to do live sessions now where I'm actually explaining a lot of the execution techniques that, you know, um, can be beneficial for you in, in overall training. So make sure you guys uh, like and subscribe and also share this podcast with family and friends. Uh, and help me grow so I can keep doing this and providing you guys with this information. Okay, that is it. Until next time, everybody, you have a uh, safe week, and I will talk to you later.